you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast is trapped underneath the Geno Coaster. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. This is our uh, last uh, opportunity to spend quality time with Greg Rosenthal for the next uh, few days. That's right. Uh, Greg who will be uh, getting on an airplane shortly and uh, heading toward the United Kingdom, specifically London, England, as he uh, provides street coverage of the international series. That's right. I, I like that all my music is very royal, the throne of ease, <laughs> this song. Yep, that's you know, you're getting comfortable in your own skin as sort of an elitist, uh, oh. potentially, you know, also, lineage from royalty type. In also, uh, come on, ride the train by the Quad City DJs. <laughs> right, that's true. I like that one. Yeah, we're. I'm going to. Uh, not where. Don't say where. No. Because we're not going anywhere. No. <laughs> we're going to be right here. Thank you, third floor. Let's unpack this. Are there any hard feelings between you and Greg? Because he's going to London and you're not. Mm. Between Greg and I, absolutely not. You know I don't like to go anywhere, number one. That's true. <laughs> number two, my wife is uh, eight and a half months pregnant, so this wasn't really even in the cards for me uh, this year, to be honest with you, unless we would have all gone to the first International Series game a couple of weeks back. So absolutely no bad blood. Uh, Mark and Greg is a little different because I think my vibe on the situation, Wes, <laughs> is that Mark thought after last year's trip – uh, that he had established himself as kind of the go-to around the NFL guy for Our London. London correspondent. Yeah, no, you so know, for this no. to be like taken out from under his feet. I don't see it uh, entirely away. that way. Connor was with me too, and I, I guess it's a message to Connor and I that we did not produce. Oh, we didn't produce well enough. <laughs> They're going to send someone different, and I and I get that. That's how it works. If you don't get the job done, you don't go the next time. <laughs> That's how life works. Sounds like you're taking it well. Uh, <laughs> I, I have, I have felt guilty about it. Like it, I uh -uh. definitely, I felt very guilty in terms you of shouldn't. being able to go. I got to live up to, uh, you know, Connor and what Mark have this is the done first, ahead. This is the first I've even heard that Greg was going. He hasn't even <laughs> mentioned it to us. Well, 
I think it's uh, a wonderful event. I got to go, so I feel if anything, you got to keep going down the list so that everyone has a chance. And, and Greg, now is a good opportunity for you to let everyone in London know which tavern you'll be at to meet <laughs> all the fans. Rams, Giants are the two teams playing. I don't know any tavern. Twickenham Stadium. Twickenham Stadium. I'm getting off the plane. I'm going to the plane now. Get off the plane. Go Humble right. Break. Go right to Rams practice on Wednesday. I'm uh, gonna be writing a lot. Rams, Giants. I don't really know uh, what taverns, but we'll 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 set something up and we'll I, figure it out. I will say you are. How do I know? You're cutting it a little bit close. It's <laughs> two fifteen. You actually castigated uh, Sydney behind <laughs> the glass before we started. Sid, can we add that at the end of the show just so everyone can hear what Greg sounds like when he's shouting down Chris Berman uh, to people helping out the show? Yeah, I think it's important. Chris Berman style. Oh, really. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's get this show going because Greg does have a, a flight to make. A flight, by the way, one last note. Uh, Henry Hodgson, the uh, handsome Hank, will also be on. Handsome Hank, though, will be in business class. Greg and Coach. Greg, Whoa. your thoughts? Look, you rise to the top of the company like Henry Henry does. I got I got no problems with that. What? Be careful of one thing. I got on. I'm excited because I get to. S- he told me if I get to the airport early enough, which is not going <laughs> to ha- happen now. Sorry, you're not um, getting to the airport early. You know, thanks to Sydney. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Bunsen burner blowtorch. Just a bit. Uh, Henry Henry said, "Let me know because he's hanging out in the like cool person's lounge ahead of time, and I could." That's join what they him call it. That that, that's going to fizzle up quick. I had a How male does model. Know where the cool person's lounge is. He's pretty cool. Just kidding, Henry. I'm not, Sorry, like, I no, no, absolutely. I am not telling this story. Hit me up on DM or email me at marks.sessler at NFL.com if you want to hear the story I was about to tell. <laughs> you sure you don't want to tell? No. Okay. <laughs> the Around the NFL podcast sponsored uh, and brought to you by Mr. Flames Economics Class in The Hague, The Netherlands. Mr. Today's show, uh, chock full of NFL content, uh, Monday night football recap between the Arizona Cardinals and New York Jets. Uh, we're going to hit up the news, see what's going on around the league. Uh, we will reconvene the Fork Committee. The uh, get the Danish. We had the the coffee. Locks. Uh, we, we had the locks. Uh, the bagels, English muffins, uh, English muffins in honor of Greg's trip that we're not going on. <laughs> Um, and uh, we talked about which teams are going to be forked, which means they have no chance of making the playoffs. We've already done five, and we're going to probably add to that list would be my guess. So we're going to have a fork committee uh, convention and then uh, the Thursday night football preview. Chicago Bears back in prime time. Everybody get excited. Uh, But let's start, folks, uh, with some Monday night football talk. Yes, from University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, the Arizona Cardinals needed to get right. And uh, luckily, they had the New York Jets coming to town. A New York Jets team that from the start looked overmatched against the Cardinals, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Let's get a listen here at just one of the many highlights for the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night. Second down, they're going to run it. Left side, David Johnson across the 45. Great move to the right at the 50. Cuts back to the left at the 40. He's loose at the 30. He's at the 20, the 10. The streak ends. The Cardinals finally score in the first quarter. It's a David Johnson 58-yard touchdown run. Oh, David Johnson, baby. A hop, 
a skip, a jump, <laughs> and then hit the Jets. What great patience by David All right, Johnson enough. on that tackle great. zone. <laughs> Love left. him. Yeah, we're happy for you. See what he did there, hit the Jets? Yeah, I like that. David Johnson scored on runs of 58-2 and two yards, and I must add he was not touched, literally not touched by a Jets defender on any of those runs. Final score, 28-3, to a game in which uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick – uh, was pulled halfway through the fourth quarter in favor of Geno Smith. And uh, and I will say, even as a Ryan Fitzpatrick supporter, it was perhaps overdue within in this game with the Jets now 1-5. Uh, and the Cardinals are 3-3, three and three, and this was a nice get-healthy win, and we'll see if they're able to build on this. But the Jets now 1-5, uh, for all intents and purposes, done, uh, cooked, which made me think, Greg, uh, and I know you are a big Geno Smith fan. We all know that. That with the season essentially on the line, they should have maybe got Geno in the game sooner here to see if it could spark an offense that was going nowhere in the first half. I would have loved to have seen that. I thought you saw some quick throws, you know, out of Geno right away, and then some mistakes out of Geno. I'm not gonna. You can't take too much away from that drive, but I, I don't think it would have mattered because they have no run game. They have no real pass protection. They're stuck in third and longs. The Cardinals defense. And their pass rush has become a real strength of that team. And it wouldn't have mattered if Geno Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick are in that game. I don't think they're going to be that competitive the way it looked last night. Well, if this is the crash site of the Jets season, it's also the game that made me realize the Cardinals are never going to recapture what they had last season. Mm. They have to play a different style. And I think Greg mentioned this in his fantastic debriefing article that he does on a The debrief. Their, their two best offensive players are David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. And they can't run that deep passing game because the offensive line can't protect Carson Palmer long enough. And frankly, Palmer isn't moving in the pocket nearly as well as he did last year. So that deep passing game is gone. It's just David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald as this offense. And it can be complemented by a much better defense this year, I think, that gets after the passer a little bit better than they did last year. This is a weird takeaway, but towards the end of the game, I just was watching Bruce Arians last night, and something just seems a little off with Arians. I mean, I know that he's obviously had some health issues going into the year, but the whole Cardinals team just, you're right, is not able to recapture the magic from last year. That said, there's a lot more hope if you're a Cardinals fan than the other NFC title contender from last year, which was the Panthers. They're a completely different operation, and this game for them, they needed it, and they got it decisively. Well, they I think they had a different outlook going against Todd Bowles. Maybe that was part of him being a little weird. He talked about after the game, he didn't really enjoy, enjoy it too much because he was playing his close friend, uh, Todd Bowles. They also knew that the Jets were really going to try to take away the deep pass. And you, this team looked like the Chiefs. I mean, you do not see the Cardinals go 11 plays, 14 plays, 16 play touchdown drive. You never saw that last year, but it worked. And you know what? Good coaches adapt. They can win a lot of games, I think, with the best running back in the league and, and a decent pass. Whoa, 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 whoa. Best running back in the league. Well, one of them. I, I, him and Bella, right? What now. What I like to do one during the game is text, Zeke you know, Elliott. Greg and Dan and Wes, and just ask, "Wait, is David Johnson a good player? Like, just be <laughs> be a year and a half behind the curve on this because he looked amazing last night. And we praise the Patriots all the time for finding out who they are on offense around mid October and starting to pick up from there. Well, maybe the Cardinals do that as well. They thought they could do what they did last year. No, you have to shift, and they've got the running game and the running back to do it. Let's take a look at the Arizona Cardinals' upcoming schedule. Now 3-3, three and three, and if this is um, 
where they're still trying to figure it out to be 500 uh, through week six. They're okay. Let's see what happens at home on Sunday night against Seattle. That will be a great litmus test for them. Uh, then at Carolina, which we don't even know what that game is anymore, uh, but that's a pretty tough one-two punch potentially. Then their bye week, and they come home with a cupcake against the 49ers and then travel to Minnesota, then to Atlanta back-to-back weeks. Wow. So There's this is going to be uh, – Acid well, test. If this is not the same team, Wes, and, they are not, and maybe this was a bit of a mirage because the Jets are such a mess, uh, the Cardinals are still in a lot of trouble if they don't uh, pick up their play. Uh, we shall see. And uh, we should check in with uh, – my old man, my dad, guy who taught me so much about the world and uh, also uh, made me a Jets fan. Uh, let's let's <laughs> wow. check in with dad, uh, see what he had to say about this game. His name is Keith. He's dad's dad. No doubt about it, he's a big Jets fan. What is he going to say about the game today? What is he going to say about the game today? Jets game six, a 25-point beating by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Jets looked like a team that uh, didn't want to play, and uh, the Arizona Cardinals just demolished them. Uh, not much to say about this game. Uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, his lackadaisical attitude, or at least appearance, uh, going off the field is sort of concerning to me. But uh, maybe that's just his low-key attitude. I don't know. That's the end. Bye. Um, My dad, uh, yeah, I hate to hear my dad like that. But uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation, let me just wrap before we move on here. Uh, My dad is out on Fitz now. At least he's deeply frustrated by the demeanor on the field as everything crumbles. And I will say this. I think if, if the Jets now going nowhere feel like they should be going in a different direction, I can't get in the way of that. But at the same time, anybody – and now the the people that love to have fun at the Jets' expense on Twitter were having a ball last night. But the thing with Fitz was before week 17, fourth quarter last year, 31 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a passer rating over 90, almost 4,000 yards. That guy was a special guy in the franchise's history for one season. So I have no regrets that he came back and they, they let that contract situation play out and they actually made the right move, I thought, still by bringing him back. But at this point, it seems like the magic is gone and I, I, can't, I can't fight. Any, even if they put in Geno Smith now, if they feel like they need to put somebody else in there, I wouldn't fight it. They're not, They're going, not going to. They're not going to next week. But uh, it tells you a lot about Geno Smith, who's being a goober on the sideline again uh, this night. I, I, number one, I would much rather see Bryce Petty than Geno Smith. I, I would love to see listen, Bryce Petty. Listen, Greg, I know you're a fan of, of, of Geno Smith, but part of the issue, you make a change because it's ball protection, and Geno Smith is a turnover machine, and that's what he's always been, and I think that he's not part of this franchise after this season. Secondly, it's very hard to see your dad – if you're a son, very hard to see a parent, but especially a father, struggle, and that that was hard to listen to. I've, well, I feel bad late. for Keith. Dad's okay. I mean, we're used to this. So he woke up in the morning. He went on with his life. But that was one of the, a draining loss and a very disappointing season for the Jets. I can't remember, honestly, another season where I was this disappointed in how the team came out. I thought they, these, the first six games that if they could get to three and three, they'd be okay. One and five was a worst-case scenario that I never thought could have happened. And this is where we well, were, one and five. There's not a lot of hope long term because a lot of the key guys are older guys right you know even Marsh Marshall's their best offensive player right now you know he's he's getting up there in years you're throwing the ball to peak 
and Anderson, and the running game needs to be remodeled. And the guy, the Matt you know, Forte's on fumes. Right, Nick Mangold, Harris. They were almost Davis. built to make a run like right now, but right. without the most essential. Wilkerson's piece. not having a good year, by the way. No, uh, he probably won't be back there next year. So yeah, the Who? Li- the linebacker. Wilkerson. Oh, no, wait. He signed the long-term deal. You're thinking Sheldon Richardson, who I didn't was, actually look bad yesterday. but He's played yeah, fine this yeah. year. Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, depressing situation with the Jets, but uh, plenty of other things to talk about, guys. So let's get to it and talk a little news. I'm done with the tablets. I just can't take it anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, Bill Belichick, who uh, in his press conference on Tuesday – uh, took issue with some of the sideline equipment. Uh, let's start, folks, and talk about the Big Ben injury. Ben Roethlisberger uh, is going to miss some time, at least one week after that knee injury he suffered uh, on Sunday. Turned out to be a situation that required surgery. This all came down uh, right as we were finishing our podcast on Sunday, so our first chance to talk about it, Wes. But a torn meniscus in his left knee. He won't play against the Steelers. We're talking about the throne of ease, Maron. Uh, but, Wes, uh, Big Ben out. Do the Steelers, are they one of the teams at the top of the list that go from stud team to complete also ran as soon as the quarterback gets hurt? I think the dis distance between Ben Roethlisberger and Landy Dr- Landry Jones is the widest margin between starter and backup in the NFL. Mm. And this, the Steelers have had salary cap problems, which have prevented them from upgrading at backup quarterback for the past, what, half decade, knowing they have one of the most injury-prone starters in the league. And they've rolled out Bruce Gregkowski and Landry Jones, two of the worst backups. And, and Landry Jones, every time I watch him, I remember tweeting in the preseason God, I hope I never get assigned another Steelers preseason game again, ever, because I can't watch Landry Jones play. <laughs> well, and we He's killed we killed Jerry Jones and the Cowboys for last season having a bunch of junk behind Tony Romo, who was known to be brittle. And the Steelers deserve the same criticism because you're right. This has been an issue that's popped up for them, whether it was a suspension for Ben Roethlisberger or whether it was, you know, multiple injuries. You're going to have to put someone in there every season for a game or two, and the AFC North comes down to a game or two. Right. They do this every year. They miss stars, whether it's Le'Veon Bell. You know, Wesseling pointed out this happens to them. And they also blow games like a game in Miami that the other teams like the Patriots or the Broncos that you're potentially fighting for seeding with are going to win those types of games. And now the Steelers are looking at a game where they're certainly, you know, heavy underdogs at home with Landry Jones. Now they're four and three. They're going to come out of that by, you know, the Ravens got to be thinking we could be four and three with a matchup against the Steelers. We're right there. The Bengals who have been really Still lost alive. this season, a totally front-loaded schedule. Their schedule gets much easier. They got the Browns this week. They're three and four. They're thinking we could be tied for first place at the midway point. And Browns still totally alive because of what's happening in Pittsburgh as well. Not going to go there. Okay. Go there. This injury could keep West of us alive for another year. Hmm. That's, That's really what the, Bengals play the pantomime well. of the whole season really is sort of centered around this <laughs> one-day uh, West drinking celebration. So Wait, yes. it doesn't have to involve drinking. It seems to. Last year it did not. I covered the game last year. Ooh. Oh, That's true. I drank that day, though, so <laughs> someone did. Thank you. Uh, moving on, gentlemen. Uh, the NFL will review Vontae's Burfick's hit on Martellus Bennett. The Patriots' tight end took a cheap shot from behind. Um 
in the Cincinnati-New England tilt this past weekend. Uh, the review will follow the standard procedure, uh, but Rap Sheet uh, reports uh, that we should be expecting a big, fa- big fine, but not necessarily suspension for Burfecht, who, of course, was suspended the first three games of this season for his behavior uh, last year. Wes, I know you feel passionate there's, well, there's, about this. There's now more to the story. Mike Reese of ESPN Boston, he he found tape, or my guess is somebody leaked to him tape of Vontez Burfecht apparently stomping on LeGarrette Blunt while Blunt was on the ground. Blunt gets up and starts pushing Vontez. Bengals say, look, the referees didn't see it, any kind of stomping going on. But this is par for the course, and I don't think a player who, who deserves the benefit of the doubt. They are now talking about the Blunt incident, and that could lead to a suspension. But this is a guy who, before the whistle, is a headhunter, and after the whistle turns into a heel from professional wrestling, starts working on different body parts <laughs> all the time. So this is this is his M.O. He had so, so many problems on – the Up to the Minute show hosted by Andrew Siciliano and uh, Fridays by Patrick Claybon. Everyone should watch this. 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every day from our newsroom. He had so many. Oh, he's got money sticking out of his face. Oh, I mean, it was, <laughs> you know. Go ahead. Oh, God forbid we uh, we, we promote little uh, NFL Network. Why not? Uh, Vontis Perfect. He had so many behavior problems that they had to have two boards of it. You couldn't fit all of all of his fines on one board. I like bad boys once in a while in my sport. <laughs> right on. There's a well. There's a drop we need to save for the future. I I know. Just cut it off right at. I like bad boys. <laughs> I don't like them in the AFC North though. I I like. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, Mark. But when you're diving at the back of a guy's knees, you're messing with his like. Well, rear to, from and, that, I'm, I you know from that angle, yes. He and seems I think to be per- next per- level. <laughs> Perfect. Your bad boys to only be a little bit bad. I want them to have a little a hint of badness. A hint I would like history. if he played this up a little bit more and embraced the heel character, whereas right now he's just out to hurt people. Yeah. And doesn't the team need to do something? You would some think point? so, but no, the apologies just keep spilling out of Cincinnati. From the owner right on down. <laughs> I like this pump. This pumps you up, Wes. It does because they've enabled this guy since he came into the league. We're talking about a guy who had 22 mm. flagrant penalties in 37 games at Arizona State, contributed to a slide all the way out of the draft when people thought he was a first or second round talent because you couldn't keep him under control. And the Bengals just make excuses for him all the time. I think certain things with the Bengals and Wes is that deep in his mind he wants things to justify his reason for leaving the team even though he likes a lot of things about the team in the last uh, last 5 6 years so when th- something like this happens he's like okay Your i didn't theory mess up could not be more erroneous in this situation <laughs> and Vont- there is no player in the league like Vontez Perfect. He's just allowed to be a renegade, and the Bengals do nothing about and, it. There was, a, there, there was a wonderful week a couple years ago where Wes was back in Cincinnati and filed like a heat-seeking report on the Bengals with a Cincinnati dateline. And I thought, we need to get this guy back home, taking his team, rubbing them over the coals every day. I like the tension. Rubbing them over the <laughs> Well, raking them or rub them. I don't care. Do what you want to do with the Rubbing goals. is a little central. It's like something that happens. <laughs> sure. Rub them. Maybe, maybe there's a healing process here. Rub them with some hot coals. <laughs> Get over here with those hot coals. Rub them on me. It's different than rake them over the coals. All right, ombudsman. <laughs> Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys have the best kind of problem. Uh, two quarterbacks that a lot of teams would die to have. Uh, Dak Prescott, the dynamic young rookie, and Tony Romo, the old veteran, coming back from a back injury. Uh, Jerry Jones, who previously 
had been steadfast in his assertion that Tony Romo will be back in the lineup. It seems like more and more the organization is backing off that as a definite situation. Here's what he had to say about the situation uh, this week. For someone that many years has uh, uh, been in uh, uh, after-game situations where we didn't know what we were going to do at quarterback, and as uh, late as uh, probably a training camp, not know where we were going at quarterback after Romo got hurt, and to be sitting here with Dak playing at this level and Tony getting better and better and better, uh, it is, uh, uh, I have to pinch myself. He's pinching himself. He doesn't have to make a decision. Right. They can sit back, relax, kick back in their offices, wait two weeks while they're on by, and enjoy the whole football world talking about Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, and they'll just wait until they need Tony Romo. Well, this is setting up, you know, slope playing it. You know, wh- however they want to publicly justify it, well, they want to get him back. His strength isn't back, this or that. They they have been out front saying, no, there's no question. The second he's ready, now they're starting to back I don't even think they're hiding it now. They're yeah. not even hiding it. They're saying, look, we're yeah. in this great situation. Yeah. We're just going to let things play out how they're going to play out, and we don't need Tony Romo now, so we're not going to do anything about it. And I don't – nor are they not just hiding it. Stephen Jones, weeks and weeks ago at the beginning of the year after the promising preseason by Dak Prescott, stated openly that – you know, it's possible that this could be a Bledsoe-Brady type situation. So I think that they couldn't be more delighted outside of New England. Everyone in the league would love to have this situation. And if you're Jerry Jones, you finally think you have a chance to win one more title before the whole thing wraps. I do wonder. What do you mean the whole thing wraps? Because well, na- Jerry Jones is not going to be running the Cowboys at this level for another so you're two or three decades. They, they, just, pried their, they well, just pried their Super Bowl way open, the window way open with this draft Big class. time. Maybe You're finally mortality. Yeah, well, I am, and finally justifying being on national television twelve times a year. Let's, let's take this. Don't you think they have one of the best nucle- nuclei in the league now? I do. If and you they, take that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dak Prescott, and Des Bryant, yeah, it's got a better nucleus. It's a great that. lesson that t- these teams that continue to draft poorly and sabotage their fan base and their franchise for years on end. If you draft well, like the Cowboys have, suddenly you're here. By the way, it is not a nuclei. It's a flock of nucleus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, more good news for uh, the New York Jets. Eric Decker, who uh, we knew had been moved to IR with a shoulder injury, a torn rotator cuff, uh, that surgery will, will come. But first he has to recover from a hip operation that he underwent on Tuesday. Uh, the timetable is a little murky here. The recovery time for the hip surgery is six months. Uh, and they were gonna, they're going to wait until he gets off crutches from the hip surgery, and at that time he'll have the so- shoulder surgery, which will sideline him for eight months. Now, uh, they're hoping he's ready for the start of next season. Uh, like the uh, Doomsday Brigade uh, uh, over at PFT filed a post today that, that his entire 2017 season is in jeopardy. I don't know about that, uh, but we will see. But either way, Eric Decker... And any football player and hip surgery, not a good thing. So the, the hits keep on coming. Greatest hits vets for the Jets in 2016. Oh, and oh, by the way, Dennis Bird died in a car accident on Saturday. The most inspirational Jet of all time. See you later, 2016. Don't let the door hitch on your ace. Doomsday Brigade should be the name of the, the season-ending video for the Jets this year. It was actually the third album by Delaware. <laughs> we didn't really talk about Decker much in the – uh, review of Monday Night Football. I don't know if that was intentional. I didn't get a note on that. But his loss in this offense brings them closer to where they were 
two seasons ago when they had Decker and no Marshall and they were this wide receiver crew that simply couldn't move the ball. A lot of the reason you mentioned Fitz's stats from last year and his production had to do with that tandem, that duo of wide receivers, very effective. Hopefully he gets back because, yes, when Decker and and Marshall were uh, clicking last season, it was the best one-two combination uh, in the Meadowlands for the Jets since Corbett and Keyshawn. Uh, Let's move on. It is the one-year anniversary, uh, folks, of uh, uh, the perhaps the worst play call in NFL history. Let's listen to it. Uh-oh. Yeah. Now we've got on a fourth down and three, you got Griff Whalen ready to take the snap. He'll snap it. Actually, Colt Anderson is behind him. And what in the world? flag is down there is absolutely no way possible that they should have snapped that ball and tried to sneak it there were three four five guys around two players that was insane uh i just wanted to point that out one year ago today sunday night football in one theory and i wrote this up on the uh, old end around nfl.com slash end around probably the two worst plays in uh the nfl in this millennium or millennia was flock of millennia yeah uh is okay the griff whalen colt anderson fake punt and of course the butt fumble both happened in prime time both happened with alan chris at the mic and both happened with the patriots as the opponent do you think playing under the lights against the patriots and big bad bill causes teams to do funny things just a little theory it's good connecting the dots i think there might be something uh to that paranoia strikes deep (laughs) Into your mind it will creep. Uh, That's what's happening in the news. All right, let's uh, convene the fork committee. Stick a fork in them. All right, this is where we stand. Final boarding call for flight 1877 to London. This is your final boarding call. All right, so here we go. We have five teams have been forked already. The New Orleans Saints. The Jacksonville Jaguars, both two and three. Both have won two straight since we forked them. Yep. The Chicago Bears and San Francisco 49ers, both one and five. Uh, And the Cleveland Browns, 0 and six. I'm looking at this list, Greg. The Jags are the only one that gives me pause uh, just because their division is so butt. But what about the Saints? I know you like the Saints. Do you think there's any chance? I think there's a chance. It's a small chance. I give the Jaguars a better chance. I think any team that's second in the league in points, you know, they have something good about them. They know how to score. They have a good, a great passing. You know, could they scrape out nine wins and sneak into the playoffs? It's possible. It helps that the league is more watered down and in some cases unwatchable than ever. I got to, by the way, NFC is, I think, going to be tougher in the end to get into the playoffs than the AFC, but that's just uh, that's just a guess right now. Thank you for bringing that up, Mark, because we give or I have been a little hard on Will McDonough for replacing Mike Tirico. Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough, excuse me. Is that his son, by the way? It <laughs> yeah, is. it is. Uh, Sean McDonough, uh, but he did uh, stick it to the, the NFL a little bit in the Monday Night Telecast by the officiating, which was atrocious in that Jets uh, uh, Cardinals game yesterday, maybe that's uh, playing into the the ratings dip as well. Uh, so good job, Sean, because uh, he might have gotten a phone call for that. He might have. He lost. He lost his job by all accounts as the play-by-play guy on the Red Sox for being quite critical of the mm. team. And when new ownership came in, they uh, 
kicked him out the door. And some reports out there the NFL is going to do some games in China. Let's let's focus on what's going on inside. A little period of isolationism right now for the NFL. How about that? You wouldn't want to. Tr- I would love to Isol- travel. Is your Monroe doctor? Period of isolation. Yeah. <laughs> Just let's figure out who you cut. Co- who's the Trump doctor. supporter here? You, you, were th- <laughs> you were throwing us as the Trump supporters the other night. This is sounding rather familiar. What are you going to build a wall? You can only play football on the inside. Listen, my little boy toy quarterback uh, is not the one voting for Trump, uh, but I will Fair say rejoinder. I will you say you don't know who he's voting for. He's he publicly supported. He him. won't say it. La Ravio oh, Magnifico. It is great. That's disgraceful. Anyway, my point being, don't go to China. Make the games better. All right. Here we go. So your P scale, Greg, on those five teams. One being your pants are totally dry. Uh, uh, no need to change any of your underpants. Uh, ten, <laughs> got to find a place to change all your underpants and also your pants. Well, what would would 20 be like a flood and that's allowing three teams you ch- you forked to get into the playoffs because that's what happened last year oh that's that that's four, pooping yourself that was p- <laughs> that's pooping yourself on your wedding day at the uh, altar uh i would say my scale would be a three okay. right now makes sense huh. dan one question yeah changing all your underpants yeah. are, what is the person in multiple, under- I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, they've had some problems uh, with uh, incontinence, so they wear multiple <laughs> pairs of under- layers. Okay. Yeah. It's layers, it's like layers. the anti Mark Sessler. Right. Yeah. You know. All right. Fa- enough Bizarro with that. Bizarro Sessler. Next segment. Uh, Mark, famously, <laughs> the only thing separating us from Mark's junk, a I don't slice of denim. By the way, most a lot of people that live in California would absolutely subscribe to. Uh, my dress habits. Have you taken a survey? <laughs> dress habits. <laughs> no, I don't take surveys on this, nor did I expect it to pop up on a podcast that broadcasts <laughs> to like 25 different nations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. So those five teams are out. I will now, gentlemen, uh, let you know that there are 12 teams in the league with a losing record right now. And and so the, and the Jags, Saints, Browns, Bears, and 49ers are five of them. So there's seven teams right now with a losing record. So let's just go through those teams. And then if you guys want to nominate any of the teams at 500, uh, Arizona, Baltimore, Detroit, L.A., New York, uh, Giants, and Tennessee, feel free. But I'm just going to focus on the teams with a losing record right now. And we might as well uh, start uh, with the defending NFC champion, a team that went – uh, I don't know, 17-2 last year, but right now they're 1-5, one, one of two 1-5 teams we'll talk about here, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, are we ready to say so long to a defending NFC champion? We've never done that before this soon. I have too much respect for them, and they've been one of the streakiest teams in the NFL over the past two years. They are the three-time defending division champions in the, in the division that never had back-to-back winners. Mm. I have too much respect. And they had, a, the Carolina. they had a similar start in one of those division championships where you only won uh, seven games to, to win the division title. And I know we all like the Falcons, but you can't tell the future, and you never know. Nine wins, eight wins might win this division for all we know. Things change fast, so I, I wouldn't want to fork them. I, I'm with you. I think I want to see one more week from Atlanta and one more ugly loss for Carolina. If they if Carolina stumbles one more time, you're gone. Although that, does, that feels relatively safe. We want to be daring. We should fork them right now, but none of us want to do it. I'm not ready to fork them either. I do believe they have a run in them, but I also 
uh, probably would have wagered my firstborn that they would not lose five of six to start the season. So who knows what happens with this team? You but shouldn't just go around wagering. Yeah, Jack. Jack's like, <laughs> not come really. On, come yeah. on, bro. No one even brought it up, and you just threw me not out. Not really. There. You're right if to do that. Did, to be honest, we're well, not. We don't live in a society I where you just gamble it. your children. I would discuss it with my wife. Like, what would you get if you were right, though? In this, that's what I'm saying. What if it was one billion dollars, <laughs> and you were completely certain? Can't put. Completely no. I mean, certain that you couldn't you'd lose. You'd go insane. I've never been a father, but I would How think you know? that you can't put a price on your son. I could agree with you on that. All right, you know what? Everybody, get off your high horses. <laughs> oh, it's a high <laughs> horse to say. Speech. Oh, you're right. Let's be common men and sell our children over a Carolina <laughs> Panthers-based football wager. All right, here we go. So their schedule, by the way, is not too tough. The next four games before they have a, a double banger at Oakland at Seattle. Uh, home to Cardinals at Rams, home to Chiefs, home to Saints. So the rare double banger. Yeah, they can do some. They can do some damage potentially and get up to 500 or near it. So let's uh, keep uh, Carolina safe. Next up, yes, my New York Jets. They one, one in five. The schedule is much, much more manageable. But that was the thing that I said before the season started. And a couple times since it was these six games they needed to win at least half of them. Get out of it three and three. Anything worse, you were in trouble. If you go one and five, you're done. They got a lot of problems, the Jets. We don't see them making any type of miracle run, do we? We're not stopping you. They have the worst point differential in the NFL, and Geno Smith has entered the conversation. They're done. Yeah, that that was one where Football Outsiders had them 31st two weeks ago, and I thought, wow, that would, that's really surprising that they thought, you know, it's not like they, they're doing any thinking. It's all, it's all just data in terms of their drives and everything. I think their defense has been even worse than it's been talked about. I mean, I know the secondary's been bad. It's been one of the worst defenses in the league. I think the if pure numbers, some things got skewed Work in that Kansas City game uh, with the, the yeah. six picks, eight turnovers. But, yeah, no doubt about it. They can't score points, and they can't defend very well. There's so many problems. The Jets are forked. I very could, sad. I could see a win in six or seven games. That's, but, a, the, but that's the problem also. doesn't the mean Jets, they're going to make the playoffs. They do that too often. I kind of would rather them just tank – and then we get a great draft pick. So a lot of Jets to, fans saying that last night yeah, on Twitter. They always end up, you know, winning six to eight, and you're out of that top three spot. Which well, Gino's worth three or four wins on his own. So for the <laughs> we'll yeah, see. for which team, Greg? Please. That guy is a goober, by the way. Throw, you know, throwing his hat on the sideline, shouting loudly. That's bad. You know, everything you know is about Gino. This isn't new, is it? No, it's not at all. But this Greg's is who never Gino seen Smith it. is. He's never seen it. No, never that will. that was. Greg doesn't believe in the it factor. Greg is a double agent who would love the Jets to continue this Geno Smith romance. <laughs> oh, please. I mean, it was, it, Dan even admits it was time last night. It but that sideline act was honestly the most annoying thing Geno Smith's ever done, I believe. In That's a high career. bar, Greg. That's a very high bar. Uh, all right, next up, the San Diego Superchargers at 2-4. and four. Obviously, this is a team that could be 5-1, and one, gentlemen. Uh, and yet they are two and four. Well, this can be a quick conversation. There's yeah. no freaking way. This is one of the best teams in the league on in some level. They might level. win this division. I won't. Yeah, I, no forking them. Okay. They they have led, and they're not you really. You think they might win the division? I, I think they have an outside wow. chance to make the playoffs. One of these teams we're discussing is going to do something really weird. Right. They the the crazy stat they have led their games by an average of six points. Uh, at any point in the game, that's second in the league. I mean, most of their stats are with top five to six types of teams. Now, obviously, you got to learn how to finish out games. And their next two weeks are at Atlanta, at Denver. So, you know, they're going to – it's going to be hard for them 
to yeah. split those. They got to get to down a little bit. They got to they got to split those. I know that they should have won those games, but that's what teams do that aren't great teams. They blow game after game, and now you got two killer road matchups. We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll. Re- I feel like we'll be talking about the Chargers again in a few weeks, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Next up, the Miami Dolphins, another two and four team. Uh, we were just saying uh, less than a week ago they were the worst team in the NFL. They beat the Steelers in a game where you got to give them credit for it, but Big Ben gets hurt. Uh, Wes, does it change your, your thoughts on them at all uh, after that win over the Steelers to keep them alive? No, these are stinking dogs. Mm. Fork them. The only reason they still exist on this podcast is because you were trying to stick it to Hank and you refused to fork them. You wanted, that to, wasn't watch, true. You wanted to watch them dangle for a few weeks. <laughs> I was having a little fun with that. I wasn't quite prepared to fork them now, uh, at that point. Uh, but if I look at their... They really dominated that game even before Roethlisberger got hurt in terms of their offensive line. I think they found a good running back in a giant... Ryan Tannehill, for all the problems he's had, is throwing the best deep ball of his career. That's usually the one thing that's good. But they just lost Rashad Jones for the year. Wes, I know you've said that's their best player since the start of 2015. Best strong safety in the NFL. I'm ready to fork them. Anyways. I am not ready to fork them. I think wow. they got a. I got I think they got a run in them that will get him to 500. This is getting to be. I cool. don't know if it's a bit, but I really like it. It's a bit. I'm not ready yet. I think they. I don't want them to get back to 500 and then be like, "Why did we do that?" I well. You uh, don't even believe this. You I well, no, I honestly do think sticking it to Henry. Well, they're hosting the Bills this weekend, so that they're and even, then they have a bye. That could that could you know even get bad them free for a even couple bad weeks. Miami teams usually have one run. And, uh, you know, then they usually crash back down to earth again. Uh, but I'm just not ready yet. I want to make sure they're dead before I say they're dead. And that's just my opinion. That is annoying because I want them out of my life and you have the power to keep them in my life. <laughs> not really. We're going to talk about them either way. Um, I'm not being wow. emotional with this. So you saved the Dolphins. I guess I saved the Dolphins. How about that? Again. You listening, Hank? Twice you saved the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> was I alone last time? Too? Yes. Really? <laughs> that's weird. All right, the Indianapolis Colts, also two and four, uh, coming off just a dreadful loss uh, at Houston, but at the same time, once again, a butt division, the AFC South, and and the best quarterback in the division by far. So yeah, and the first place team is led by Brock Osweiler. Fair enough, Mark. It's it's very boring. Uh, but, yes, I'll I'll keep them around. All right. Next up, a team near and dear to Chris Wessling's heart, even sometimes private moments of crisis in terms of faith and faith abandoned. The Cincinnati Bengals, two and four. No evidence that they're the same Bengals of last year, especially with, with all those missing pieces on offense. Uh, and yet, Wes, you still think there's a chance they can get a little hot and make a run, right? Yeah, they've got some issues. The offensive line for one, the running game for two, and their linebackers, which are terrible in pass coverage. That's the third issue. But the Steelers don't have a quarterback right now. The Ravens are 3-3, three and three, and the Steelers and Ravens play each other. The Bengals have a chance yep. to make up some ground in the next few weeks. Yeah, look at the next three weeks. Browns, home, game. loss, Redskins, home game, and then a bye week. So it's not hard to imagine us entering week 10, and they're 4-4. Four and four. What will we say when Hugh Jackson executes a big old W on Marvin Lewis? You've Come Sunday. A lot of Browns wins this year, I have to say. <laughs> I, you know, 
I will happy. be right probably <laughs> once. I'd be happy. I want the Browns and the Jets to win some games. It's lighter in here on a Sunday. But we just know. talked about the fact that you, the, the, the ASC North is open for business for three of four teams. So to fork the Bengals would be a tad contradictory to what we just said 20, 19, 20 minutes ago. Uh, I am emotionally disconnected from this Jets season, so you're not going to have me dark like week 17 last year. It just won't happen. I'm, I'm, I, I get it. Way to protect yourself, Dan. Thank you. The last team we'll talk about, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2-3. and three. Uh, You know, Greg's boys, uh, but really don't seem to be going anywhere this season anyway. But, Greg, your thoughts on the Bucks at 2-3? and three. Well, they've been a lot worse than I ever would have imagined. Uh, they're lucky to be 2-3. and three. They easily could be 1-4. and four. Um, And I think teams can change, though, in the season. That's why we always get these wrong. That, you know, we keep – I listened to our podcast the other night, and, you know, we have these thoughts of, like, this is what this team is for this year. And we, and we just know from experience – so many of these teams are going to have such different stories in six weeks. They're going to they're going to have totally different narratives. Do I think the the Bucks, who I believed in before the season, could turn around? Absolutely. We're not forking this team. <laughs> I would fork the Bucks with gusto. This is a bad, bad football team, and I agree they can. They're going to have to totally change. I, I agree. agree they can change. They can get a lot worse the rest of the season. They've got injury problems. Fork them with gusto. The Bucks are terrible. Well, they are worse than they were under Lovey Smith right now. And listen, you don't have Doug Martin, you don't have Sims. But, I get all that, but I mean, what it, you, we're talking about this as a playoff team. That's the exercise. Right, right. They are not a playoff. I think. Team. I think the. I think Winston can be a playoff type of quarterback. I think the injuries that they've had. Some of the. A lot of those guys are coming back. I mean, they have Vincent been. Vincent Jackson, IR on Tuesday. Right. Not. Not all of them, but some of them are coming back. Yeah, you just you need a whole lot to happen in the and, NFC and then outside here's the of thing. them becoming even an average football here's team. Here's the bigger thing. They're two and three. As bad as they've been, they're two and three. I think the Titans, after four weeks, were the worst team in the in the league for those four weeks. But they had some things that were okay. They've started building up. They had snuck out one of those wins. Then the schedule gets easy. Suddenly they're three and three, and things are looking pretty good. I, I think that can happen for the Bucs. I mean, for your sake, because this is the team that you have about 14 sandwiches riding well, on, throwing let's keep yards. them around. I'll keep them around for another week. I don't have a problem with that. Ugh. Well, it's not up to you anyways. It's got to be unanimous. Well, wow, he was, you were trying to mark extend an olive branch. Honestly, I was. And what happens? He gets That's snapped. True. That's true. I got Sydney. Greg Rosenthal, please report to the gate go. for final boarding. This will be your final boarding call. Greg, Greg you really should though. go. By the way, I we we are urging you to leave. You're what going else to we got miss left? All right. So as soon as you leave the studio, we're forking the bucks. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> so we ju- uh, we have forked one team today. The New York Jets, uh, which gives us six teams forked in all. And uh, I might as well, since I'm here, Greg, you're making me uncomfortable. I'm going to go. Either go or go or stay. Greg likes to get to the airport 12 minutes before the airplane leaves, (laughs) but you are flying to a different country. Get there. It's not true. It would be sad if I was. Let's play Greg off. All right, guys. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. Take the bucket. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. I hope you're not really mad at me, Mark. I'm not. I don't want to go anywhere right now. Staying right here in California. Wait till he gets a couple drinks and it's gonna come. (laughs) It's not my fault. (laughs) I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I do feel a responsibility to do a do a really good job. I know you feel that too. There are narratives being constructed. Don't worry. You're fine. Fly (laughs) off. Have fun. (laughs) It's giving me the evil eyes. I'm not at all. Fly off. Have fun.
Have fun. All right. Set. I'll see you guys. See you, Greg. Uh, might as well do a little Jets eulogy here. Here lies the New York Jets, a win-now team that had no idea how to win now. They are survived by Browning Nagel, Louis Aguiar, Chad Cascadin, Leon Washington, me, and my dad. Come be! In lieu of flowers and Jeff Cumberland. In lieu of flowers, please provide my two sons, both born and unborn, with a chance. You read into that however you want. Just give him a chance, a chance that I didn't have. Whether that's the Jets becoming a team that you can be proud to root for at some point, maybe they get their Belichick, or maybe they do become fans of another franchise. I can't, I can't fight them to to if they don't want to root for the Jets. What what have the Jets given me? I. Yeah, I mean, just to point out, you just put your dad on blast for the one lone parenting mistake he made, which was having you be a Jets fan. So are you looking to continue that on uh, another generation? You know what? I don't even blame my old man because it was 1980 and the Jets were still, you know, about 10, 11 years removed from Namath. He didn't know how bad the next 35 years would be. I now know what's going on here. There's something very dark. There's a funk around my favorite team. And, I, you know, if my sons want to go down a different road, they can. And now a word from our sponsor. Are you concerned about your friend group? Have they devolved into nothing more than a simple-minded gang of lads who, of late, have been totally hoodwinked by the Chicago School of Economic Theory? The Chicago School, are you serious? A system of thought directly opposed to the Keynesian paradigm and based around the scattered brainstorms of Milton Friedman, the Chicago-based economist who taught that the government interfered in the economy and should instead play a dramatically lesser role, preferring to abolish the Federal Reserve, West, but accepting its existence only to increase the money supply? You're no shill for the Fed. But what is Milton Friedman smoking? Beyond the basic debate, the idea that your self-satisfied anti-Keynesian friend group would huddle in taverns trumpeting their little Chicago school ramblings is disorienting. It is unrewarding. Does friendship even have meaning anymore, you ask yourself? I see these dim clowns, you whisper. I spot these former pals of mine wandering up and down the street, eating strawberry ice cream, digging their forks into filet mignons, slapping themselves on the back as they giggle. We aren't Keynesians. We're Chicago school devotees, bouncing around to and fro, getting our jollies. I won't accept this, you say. I won't. I will not. Sign up today for Mr. Flame's high school economic class in The Hague, the Netherlands, at www.flameclass.com. Mr. F. Who's clearing this copy? <laughs> By the way, a little fun peek behind the curtain. Mark accidentally sent that entire <laughs> the rant of a madman uh, to the entire newsroom where he meant to send it to uh, yourself, was it, just to print it out? Yeah, because the way that uh, the word is set up on my Mac is that you seemingly you cannot print something unless you send it to someone first. Yeah. comes out 2016. blank. 2016. Yep. It's a little odd, and, you know, We've all done this. Uh, you sent something wide, and you, you realize it was a disastrous move, and you just I felt like a flush of hot nerves and blood <laughs> rushed through me as, like, multiple, like, executive figures came out of their office, like, Sessler, what's that? Oh, my I God. I imagine, like, Aaron Coscarelli jumping onto Outlook and reading the rantings of a Unabomber. <laughs> Mark's manifesto <laughs> well, of Keynesian <laughs> economics. It's yeah. a wild thing to be sent wide as well. It's, it's concerning. Um, all right. Let's uh, – oh, you know what I want to do? 
Speaking of the Panthers, who we did not fork, why don't we – the guy hasn't had a lot of good news, so why don't we call up David Ely, our downstairs – He's like uh, our Charlie Brown. Yeah, our downstairs desk editor, and let him know that his favorite team, the Panthers, not forked. I bet that would me- that would help him out. That would make him happy. I feel like that would brighten his day. Sid, can we do that? News desk, this is Mike. Hey, Mike, uh, can I speak with David Ely, please? Uh, one second. Who's, may I ask who's calling? This is the Around the NFL podcast. This is Jordy Nelson. For <laughs> he the took touchdown. that at face value. Rogers going all the way to his it's right. our hold music. What is this? It's a little bit on the nose. Full stretch and his fifth. NFL, this is David. David Ely, what's up? Dan hands us the Around the NFL podcast. Hey, how's it going? How you doing, buddy? Um, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I bet. I just I got some good news for you to cheer up your day. Uh, we just had a uh, a meeting of the Fork Committee, and okay. the Carolina Panthers, despite being one in five, and on some level you could argue a laughing stock uh, this season, have not been forked. We did not really? fork the Panthers. Still alive in the mind of our team. We thought that might brighten your day. Is the the biggest Panthers fan we know. Uh, I mean, that's good to hear. I personally have kind of mentally forked them, so so. But I'm glad that in the minds of you guys that there's still hope. Um, I did have a question for you, uh, you know, because I know you had a lot of excitement around this team entering the season, mm-hmm. and uh, coming off, of course, a Super Bowl berth, and was just curious um, how this, in terms of a shock. Uh, the team kind of coming out of the gate and falling on its face in terms of shock value to you, uh, how that stacked up uh, with the sudden end of your college relationship with your ex-girlfriend. Because I know that one really knocked you on your butt for a while. That's a good question. Um, uh, Let me, let me give that a little bit of thought for a second. I'd say that. um, What was her name, by the way? Phone frags. Um, So anyway, what was her name? Uh, I'm I'm not gonna go into that. Okay. Uh, so I would say that she heard this you, is huh? more of a surprise. You could see, you could kind of see the relationship grinding to a halt. Yeah. Back this... in, back, back then, and this was I this I was much more optimistic about the 2016 Panthers than I was uh, for that the long term aspects of that relationship. This season feels like you trying to probably you did multiple times trying to get back together with her, and it's equally you know a messy disaster on some level. Uh, well, you know, Mark, all all ends are choppy, so. I'm not, I don't want to go. That's coming again, from my not, boss, I'm not, I'm not, so I'm a little concerned that with the wording there. But how's that going, by the way? How's the how's the dynamic? It was a little choppy to use a word uh, in the beginning. Wesling Sessler Ely dynamic in uh, late October. Wes? Well, I'll start. I mean, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. We Dave. Got, for, once we once we uh, got over Mark's issues with early morning shifts, then things started to go a little bit better. But I remember Mark I just remember, furrowed his brow. Well, I'm not quite sure what that means, but I I was going to let you know that uh, I know that you've been on. We, you know, we've been on IM with Dave during the show. We have to be in communication with our boss, and he um he's a little peaked at us because two or three news items came up that we um, have refused to write because we're up here. But I want to let you know that Wes and I are going directly to uh, a tavern up the street to watch the baseball playoffs after this podcast ends. Just want to let you know, deal. Okay. That's how that, that sounds great. That sounds like a responsible thing to do. Wes, I mean, it, we, this is a Dodgers town. Wes, where are you at? I think that things did start out a little bit rocky, but Dave has been, uh, he's been very fair. He's been totally recept- receptive to suggestions. 
and he's he's been great. A rainmaker. All right, good. I have one more surprise for you, Dave, before I let you get back to work. A day okay. of surprises for you. Uh, Connor Orr, are you on the line? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Connor, uh, Connor Orr is, our, of course, our New Jersey correspondent and also a, a thorn in the side of David Ely, one of the all-time Panthers haters. Connor, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. K-pounded, everybody. <laughs> K-pounded. Connor, how's your day been so far? How did you catch any fish? Connor was out fishing today. I don't know if you knew that, Dan. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> I didn't catch any, but it was it was beautiful. It was uh, it was fantastic. What's everybody up to? What are we doing? We're do- well. I just thought I thought maybe you would have a couple pot shots at Ely, but it seems like you guys are in an okay place. No, well, you know what? It's funny because I I, I thought I I've been looking forward to this moment for like a year, and <laughs> now that it's finally here, it's like you know, like uh, like Steve Jobs. I'm on to the next thing. You know, uh. like I've already figured it out. You know, uh, I'm waiting for everybody to I'm, I'm waiting for everybody to, to know what the iPhone is. I'm already on to the next. I'm already predicting the downfall of the Raiders in two years or the Vikings. So, Interesting. You know, Interesting. I'm I'm on to it. You know. So you've already well, laid waste to the Panthers and the Keep Pounding Nation, and there's just more to more to handle in your life. Well, you know, uh, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, you know, uh, the proper amount of credit would be would be good. I think like last year during the Super Bowl, I said this was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> this year on, I said it a bunch of times, and uh, you know, I, I don't like profiting off of the misfortune of others, but you know, hey, one in five and. This guy was screaming it all along from New Jersey. Who was listening? There you go. Uh, Ely, any final thoughts on that? I mean, Connor's attempt to take the high road here is laughable. I mean, (laughs) his way of moving on and saying that he's moving past the Panthers is just a low-key way of saying that they're beneath him, in my opinion. So... (laughs) Um, this is all going to be filed into next week's schedule, Connor, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> well, it got bad. All right, Ely, get off the phone before uh, your employees hate you even more. <laughs> My guys. All right, Connor, can you stay on the line with us for a minute or two? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. What's, what's up? What's going on? What's up? We have a couple of things we want to talk about with you. Like right off the top, uh, Wes, do you want to tee this one up? Some news with your Madden franchise coming oh, yeah. to life. Yeah, the Nile Mile is moving from Portland to Green Bay. Nile Davis has been traded to the Packers. How do you feel about that? Nile Davis, just so people listening, uh, Connor's Madden team, uh, which have, was a, used to be anchored by Griff Whalen, who ironically or coincidentally, I'm not sure which one, uh, this is the one-year anniversary, of course, of Griff, Griff Whalen's uh, lowest moment. Uh Niall Davis became the second franchise player with your Madden franchise. Yeah, uh, it's certainly a proud moment uh, for me. Uh, and just the fact that I keep picking the most random-ass players from, like, Madden 2012 <laughs> and that they're still having some tangential impact on the NFL is really not only a credit to me, but, well, I, yeah, like, mostly a credit to me. So. What about like now that you're married and you got the mortgage and you got all those things going on? Are you still playing your Madden 2012 console? Well, first of all, big ups to uh, EA Sports for sending around the NFL a trial copy of the new high tech. <laughs> oh wow! I Did you work on those phones? <laughs> I do not have a PS4. I played it at my cousin cousin Justin's house. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, never going to give up. 
uh, marriage, you know, kids, whatever's down the corner, uh, you know, the hogs, they're always, they're, they're going to keep going. We're going to keep going forever. Connor had mentioned to me that while I get the keep going thing with Madden, that you, you know, I, I, it sounds like you do give an ample amount of time to your wife and future children, but at the same time that you've delved deep into PC online adventure games of some sort, which sounds like a much bigger wormhole than playing a few games of Madden. Well, it's kind of like, you know, once you figure out, like, for example, you predict something like the Panthers, and then you sort of unlock your mental capacity, I thought, why am I just focusing on the NFL? Why can't I play Age of Empires and and rule the world? And so, you know, I think that's kind of the next step for me mentally. That felt right. So kind of almost expanding your ambitions a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, like, you know, guys that I talk to listen to a lot of TED Talks, uh, you know, it's me, you know, Kanye West is running for president. So, you know, this is uh, kind of what, what smart people do with their free time, you know? <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, all right, before we go, uh, and Connor would love to have you sit in on this as well, we're going to talk about the Thursday night football game between the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. And I guess I'd be curious, Connor, your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, who is really become it is becoming a major storyline in the season now. Why is the best quarterback in the world not that anymore? What is your theory on this? Now, can we let, let's stop this because you know what's going to happen is what? we're all going to say this stuff, and then like <laughs> nine weeks later, when he passes for like thirteen thousand yards over nine weeks. He's going to do that thing where it's like, oh, well, the media didn't believe. No, well, you know what? You're awesome, and I still think you're awesome. So it's, it's right. going to be fine. The, world, the sky isn't falling, and, and everything's, everything's going to be fine. So you're saying a 17-game sample isn't enough to shake your confidence in this guy becoming Aaron Rodgers again? No, no. He's, uh, he's electrifying. Uh, if he ever wanted to play for the Hogs, uh, I got some cap issue, but uh, he would uh, he would be one of my first picks. Love, great guy, great guy. Uh, what do you guys think about this game? And Mark, I know you're not very excited about the prospect of another Chicago primetime. I don't know what they what the what was the strategy here. You know, hey, we've got we've got 32 teams to work with. We've got to squeeze a couple of these wannabe clubs into prime time. We get that everyone is you know we're copacetic with that, but. It is the middle of October, and we're about to be treated, if that's the word you want to use, uh, to the Bears for the third time at night. Now, I have a much better things to do with my evenings than to watch yeah. this team. I will find something better. Maybe I'll start to play Age of Empire, if that's what it's called. I would rather watch a very uncomfortable, squeamish Dean Blandino attempt to justify the catch rule on an endless loop for hours and hours than spend any time previewing a Chicago Bears game. And I think this is the last Bears game. In, in Unless they decide to start just flexing them in. Flexing it out. Uh, yes, we. I think um, – I think I certainly think the Packers uh, will get healthy in this game. Uh, the Bears are 1-5. in five. The Packers, uh, you know, they could use a confidence booster here and maybe Chicago gives it to them. Uh, but make sure – uh, on our ne- the next time you hear from us, uh, we will be uh, recapping that game. Actually, it'll be Wes and I because Greg is in London. Oh re- yeah, recapping a Thursday night game, and then uh, we'll recap or uh, preview all of the Week Seven games to come. Uh, Connor, it, just, it keeps coming the week after week after week, buddy. 
You got to keep pounding, Danny. You got to keep pounding. Um, all right. That's it. Uh, that's it for today's show. Uh, like I said, we'll be back late Thursday night. Uh, but until then, uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, Dave Ely, The New Boss, Connor, or you kidding me? And La Cid behind the glass. Till Thursday. All right, Sid, let's go. Oh! What? Greg. Sorry, I think I fixed it. All right, good. Just like two seconds. Just for the record, that's Greg that's uh, (laughs) being rude to you. She knows not a reflection on the rest of us. We have a relationship where we can be honest. That's what you think. Do you? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.